Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. And I'm really excited because if you've been paying attention, I have had a couple of guests who were introduced to me by the most amazing Rochelle Kitchen, who I love dearly. And they have been some of the best conversations I had. You know, I'm no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> but Rochelle was kind enough to introduce me to today's guest, Neelan Patel. And here's the thing that like got me way into you right away is I freaking love the name of your book, Burning It Down, Dancing in the Rubble. Like seriously, way to go you. Yes. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So before we get into our conversation of what exactly it is we're burning down that we can dance in, why don't you give everybody a little more formal introduction of who you are and what you do? Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I love this uh, space that you've created. My name is Neelam. Like Erin already told you, I am a poet and I would like to, I'm working on figuring out how to become an entrepreneur, which I suppose during this podcast, I should say I am an entrepreneur. Exactly. I was going to say, can we just own it? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Live coaching happening right now, ladies. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> I'm also a dancer and an actress and a, um, a playwright. And I started out working in tech for 20 plus years and I burned that down. There's a clue well, so how going. does somebody I'm just going to jump in and start asking you questions sure, because I know it's I'm, I know I'm buying into a stereotype by saying this, but how does somebody with such a clear creative embodiment end up in tech and like we know how you end up there because we all follow paths other people have laid out for us but how did you stay there for so long yes what a what an important question because lately now that I'm burning it down the undoing is taking longer because I was there for so long and I think there was just a lot of guilt okay are we getting real we just get real it doesn't do anybody blowing smoke up people's skirts and not telling them the truth doesn't help them make changes so yeah and so thank you so (laughs) you know I didn't know the answer to this question so had we had this podcast episodes uh, recorded three months ago I'd have a different answer but recently I've gotten to a place where I've understood that I had a lifelong sense of not deserving happiness Mm. And a lot of times if, you know, you had just asked me, do you deserve, yeah, I do, you know. Right. Well, consciously you didn't feel that way. That's great, right? We, we would never say that out loud from a conscious standpoint. Right. And I think that's a really important uh, differentiation. When your body knows something, it doesn't have language because molecules can't speak, but your brain can. And so your brain is editing as you go. It's like, I believe I'm a good person. I believe. And so, um, you know. So I think that that's what held me there for so long. That wasn't the reason why I quit. I wasn't like, oh, I'm a good person. I know I deserve happiness. And I know I deserve better than a career in tech. No, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I know people who are like killing exactly, it and loving good. it. And so do you, Erin. But I knew that that wasn't a fit. And my closest friends kept forgetting that I still worked in tech because I was, you know, so uh, vo- uh, expressive in the rest of my life. Yes. And eventually I think too, you know, it was exhausting at doing both because they were both, you know, time consuming, energy consuming, heart consuming, all the things. So um, I think what kept me there was this, uh, was two parts. So one is like what I would have answered three months ago, right? And and it's still true, it's not false, that I just had a sense of how I should be functioning, how I should be working. And what a responsible adult looks like. Yeah. And, and another, another quite, quite frankly, another kind of thing that got exposed to was in, in like reflecting about myself was I didn't make great grades in undergrad because I was studying tech. And every time I took a, a, a class in lit, I like killed it. And people were trying to advocate for me to join the honors program. But I was like, no, I got to do tech. I got to do tech, you know? So I think there was the insecurity. Like I got to prove myself because my grades were bad. Like there were so many things like I'm not done yet. And, you know, and the next thing you know, it's 22 plus years later and now I'm an SVP. What's going to be enough? What's going to well, be Well, and it just goes to show you what happens. And there's so many different versions of it following an expected path. And it doesn't have to be an expected path from a place of harshness. It could just be what we're interpreting as expected or in response to our parents telling us, not from a place of anything wrong. You need to have a good job. I mean, nobody sets out to hurt you with the concept of you need to have a good job, right? And yet we, so we follow these should do this path because it doesn't really make sense to not. Right. You can't, you can't justify it to the people who are talking to in these logical ways. And I think there's something deeper going on where if someone's, sees you and validates you and, you know, sees you as, okay, engineer or whatever that is, right? But then as soon as you say artist and that person doesn't validate you as much because of their own things, again, it's all love, then you just intrinsically kind of take a copy, you copy paste that. Like, oh, wait, that I must be wrong. That might, right. that must not be who I am. Right. We just, we just energetically like take that in and swallow it. And now it's for us not realizing that maybe there's a separation. So how did you make such a big change? Like my version is it's not quite as drastic from a science to an artistic based life, but I had the corporate job. I had done it right. I come from a blue collar family and I, I worked hard and I had the work ethic and I got promoted and I had a really, really good job that I left. I know why I left. Like what finally pushed you to make such a drastic, what probably looks like to others, a drastic change? Well, it feels like drastic too some days, <laughs> but um, it, I think every single December would come and would come and it would be like, you know, towards the end of the year, this is the year I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. then I tell everyone by December, I will have just quit, you know, or da 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 da. And, um, and like before this last job, I had been unemployed for a long time and I let that go for longer, like on purpose, strategically, financially, all of that and auditioned for things and just did stuff. And then, you know, it was like, oh, I'm not comfortable. And I like 
the pendulum might have swung too far. So this time I was like, I'm going to do this proactively. And every, but every December would come. It was like the Sunday night blues. And then it was yes. like, oh, not another, did, was that a whole year? Was that a whole year? Was it? And I think there was a point where I thought, okay, it's going to happen. And I started taking baby steps. Like I always wanted to move to New York. So I got a six week um, short stay in New York just to start doing it. So then it felt to me like I had physically moved. So it felt to me like, oh, quitting is just around the corner. And it was, you know, so it sort of was, um, I had to kind of trick myself, I think. In the end. <laughs> I love that you say that. I always say that about doing cardio in the gym. I used to have to trick myself into doing it. I would buy books that I really wanted to read, but the rule was I only got to read them while I was on the bike at the gym. <laughs> like I would have to trick myself into doing it. Yeah, it was so interesting, but it's something about that, right? Like, because then your mind puts your body on the treadmill or whatever. Right, exactly. exactly. And this like put me in New York that I could actually imagine it, it, like myself doing it. And maybe there is something to like the yoga teachers who say you have to see it, like believe it to see it, see it to believe it, you have to do both. And so just imagining it, putting your body into it, changed it a little bit for me. Nice. So how is it going? It's uh. As my, you know, my book, the theme of my book is the messy middle, because I think there's too much emphasis on before and after Yes, everyone wants the story, the rags to riches story, but like, we're all somewhere in the middle, like in terms of where we are in the process or where we are in the healing. So I would like to say I am in the messy middle. (laughs) You know what? I absolutely love that because I don't truthfully, I don't think if you're a driven person. I don't think you're ever not in the messy middle and acknowledging that that is a place to be by desire, that it's not a bad place to be, that it just is. It just is. Right. And that is, and it's so hard to say because it's not sexy to be like nothing, do nothing, say nothing, just be in the middle. Like that's not a, that's not a tagline. Right. Uh, But it is you know, my, my tagline is live in the messy middle. It's a relief to be imperfect. And I think that there is just so much emphasis on, okay, so let's say you do want to be an SVP, just I put that word in the, in the podcast already, I'll say it again. Then what happens when you arrive there? When right? you get there and now you feel like you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. Or what if you're not there yet? Right. And I think that there is something about avoidance. And so it's, it's kind of, helpful to be like, oh, I'm in the middle of this and then I'm going to get my this degree and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. There's some control and something to obsess over, which then takes you out of what's really going on, which could be shame, sadness about losing a boyfriend or grief or whatever it is. We're we're deciding to avoid. It sucks to feel sad, right? Like whatever it is we're trying to avoid. And yet it's the most beautiful thing that will get us to where we're going to actually feel it, but we don't want to. So Let's just make another goal. Let's just focus on what the next thing is. Right. And I won't be happy until, right? And then so what that does is it creates a structure that feels so right and smart. You can justify it to everybody. Right. Well, it won't work if it didn't make sense, right? You Because you wouldn't follow along with the story that you're telling yourself. You can't trick yourself. <laughs> this is a bad kind of tricking yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good work. point. It just wouldn't work because you're, you're too smart. You can. Right. You'd be like, well, that's not true. And I love, well, and I love how you're talking about the messy middle because it fits really well in with the way that I now work with goals. Because one of the things that I found was 
Like I'm a big, big believer and you have to know where you're going in order to make the plan to get there. So you can't just go about doing random acts of business and hope to achieve something. It doesn't really work that way. You have to be pointed in a direction. However, so many people end up feeling like failures because of goals. Like by definition, a goal is hard to achieve, period. Like it's a definition of personal best which means you had to work really, really hard and it was hard to achieve it. And it's an anomaly to achieve it. So what I've been doing instead, and and for somebody who likes to check boxes, this was not like the easiest thing to do because I'd love to, I will make a list just to get to scratch this stuff off, right? So I like the completion of things. But what I've been doing is, And it matches your messy middle because what I've been doing is moving my goals before I hit that. If I come close, I move the cheese. And what that does is it keeps me moving further faster, but it also keeps me in the middle. It keeps, if I'm hearing you right, because I'm not in your head yet, but (laughs) um, you might want to (laughs) when you say it keeps you in the middle, do you mean it keeps you like, sane and present so you it can keeps me stuff. in action yeah it keeps me yep. out of any negative self-talk yep I don't feel like the failure that didn't reach the goal because I know by definition I'll never reach the goal I'm just yep. using it as a tool to keep moving forward and especially as an entrepreneur we're making up goals right oh my so, gosh right yeah right and so like we don't know what's going to come next if we try you know like here's a perfect example when i started out doing these pitches so you know my business is to speak now in public with including poetry to create moments of connection that i think people are craving right now and i can do that quickly and so i'm pitching a lot of organizations to speak for them and i was like okay 30 pitches a day, you know? And then it's like, wait, 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 wait. That's so the opposite of all of the energy I've seen from you. Like that's not you. That's not me, right? And so I think that I had joined a program that wasn't working for me, okay? (laughs) So, and I already know, like I've been in business for so many years. Like I'm like, I know how to manage a project, right? But at the very, very beginning when I was first like, oh my God, I had this insane goal. And I was like, but, it, but then I was like, wait, but I want to make my speaker page. Like if I pitch someone, they're going to have to go to some page and my page is like crap right now. So I'm like, I got to work on that today. And then right. if I was like 30 pitches a day, you didn't do it. I would be like, eh, you know, like failure. Loving what you're learning here and interested in more? Check out our free Facebook group and join us at Conquer Your Business Community to find even more tips and tools designed to help you get out of reaction mode and into conquering your own business. People do this all the time with goals. Like we have a monthly goal. We have a monthly goal of money, right? I want to make this much money this by the end of the month. And we get to like the 15th or the 20th and we're not halfway there or you're not there yet not on pace. And so we like throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, okay, well, it's not happening. I sucked. I didn't do it. It's not happening this month. So first of all, you're giving up a third of your opportunity because you still have a week and a half left of the month. And you're feeling bad about yourself for those 10 days. So you're not even trying to do the thing anymore. 
because you already are in the shame and guilt and I suck and do everything wrong. Like there's so it's not that goals are bad by any sense of the word. It's just, can you learn how to use them to, you know, circle this back to, to stay present in the messy middle so that it allows you to actually grow. And I mean, if I, in poetry, open mics, we do snaps. So like, I feel like snapping for everything. That is so weird to me, but yeah, do it. <laughs> By the way, like I don't do it because I still find it weird and I'm part of the system. But like, as you were it's, saying it. I, was, I think it's been made fun of in a variety of TV shows. I think that's why. And By I the think way, that's but the it's, But it's also the reason why it's so wonderful. The positive side of it is it doesn't interrupt the flow of the person giving the poem as opposed to you're not like, yeah, making all that noise. And so there's a, there's, there's a method to it. There is a neuroscience behind it. (laughs) Got it. Um, It helps the room stay present. Um, So yeah, I think, I think the, I think the, what really landed to me in what you just said was the shame. So if we're creating a system whereby we will feel shame, shame we know is like a monster and it's going to, it has a ravaging power immediately. And we're like, oh, I'm going to say 30 emails a day so that I can sit in my shame. Like that is not great. That is not a great business plan. And like, and if you get to stay in the middle, you get to stay curious. You get to stay not like, oh, well, you know, I have my business, my coaching call with Erin on Friday and I told her I would do 10 things by Friday and I've only done two. And then you're sitting there like, let me eat some cake right now. You've wasted (laughs) all this time trying to decide which kind of cake to eat. And then what you could have been doing has been like, like you're saying like, okay, well, I do have this time and where can I use my force of good? And now you're in that creative mind. And the the fun about being an entrepreneur for me, if you are an entrepreneur at heart, is that random creativity where you're like, let me call this person. It allows space. You know, it it allows space for the flexibility, for the inspired action. But I, and I will say, this is not the type, the messy middle as your status quo is not for new entrepreneurs. Because I think there's so much you need to learn about yourself. There's so much you need to learn about business. There's so much that is technical information that you need as a baseline so that you don't start saying, I need to do my speaker sheet instead of outreach. I'm just in the messy middle, right? There's a bit of a baseline you need to learn. And then the beauty is you get to play with this more and more and make it your own. I laugh because the thing that I've been saying so much lately is I am done doing anything I don't want to do. Like I'm, it's over. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. And there's a whole process that I use now for figuring out why don't I want to do the thing and what should happen. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, other there's a way of, through. There's a way through is what I'm hearing. Like it's like it's like I can also do the pitches. I can also do the yeah. And that's what I'm learning. Like I'm like oh well. And sometimes I'm accidentally doing the work and not giving myself credit for it. I'm like, that was, a oh pitch. my gosh. Yeah. That was what you just emailed that person. That was a pitch. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a pitch. I'm doing this already, you know? Right. Because you're taught to find ways to make yourself wrong. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So that's where I'm at. I think I answered your question at the end of that long dialogue about the messy middle is where I am is at the beginning stages. I've landed a few gigs um, and um, I decided, and and this is not for everyone, but I decided to give away $2,000 worth of poetry. And so 
I feel I've done that. And so now I'm ready to like, and it felt good to create something of value and give it, there was a, a friend running for office and she wanted a poem and I wrote her a poem and a, um, a draft acceptance speech. And then nice. for a big charity organization, which I haven't landed the performance yet, but I wrote, I was going to their um, event, their big gala, and I decided to go ahead and spend two days, my time and energy as a donation, write a very moving poem, learn about their message, their, all of their, you know, and this was just inspired action, right? No one said, do this, just made it up, go to the gala and I don't know, I guess randomly, the first person I meet at the check at the check-in was the HR of the national organization. And I tell her about this and she said, send me an email, send me your poem, maybe we can get you on the stage later this year. And so I made a connection and, and that I think was worth, I think each of those was worth a thousand dollars worth of work. So- Well, and what you're talking yeah. about is inspired action versus action that comes from a negative place. There's a big difference between I'm giving away a thousand dollars worth of work because I don't deserve, feel I don't deserve to get paid for it. And I'm giving away a thousand dollars worth of work because technically what you did was marketing. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) No, I I spent my heart on that. That was not right. It's marketing. It's cultivating relationships. Yeah. And it's practicing. Like I could write a poem in two days. I learned something, you know, So that was cool. And, and knowing, I think um, learning how those different things feel in your body so that you can respond to them appropriately. Am I being driven by fear or am I dr- being driven by inspiration? That is, is beautiful. Yeah. Because I think as you were speaking, um, what landed was too, was that I could have done this like, oh my God, I should write a poem for these people. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like this, but this that wasn't energy your energy of like, oh my God, I have to do this. I mean, I did have a lot of excitement. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm like, I'm going to do this. But it wasn't this thing of like, I better do this to land this. And then, you know, wouldn't it be amazing to get their logo on my website? I do still think all those thoughts, but not in that way of, I have to do it. Otherwise, what the point was. Right. The- you don't think that the alternative is failure. Right. This is not, a. a this is just a, this is a, quest of possibility rather than a quest of binary if it lands like even now right I'm like it's out there I don't know I haven't landed the plane yet right but I made a really important contact and we're we're in the middle of it and I'm still very excited and I don't feel like I'm gonna jinx it by talking about it now before it lands you know right well and also give before you get is not linear you can give to person A and receive from person B because give before you get is universal, not direct. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You gave out into the universe. The universe gives back. It might yeah. not, you might not land that, but you might land a different, a, this or something better. Right. Right. But you're right. The energetics was, were so different than how I had been behaving before. And back to your point, I think it's worth restating for the listeners is knowing your value and saying this is worth a thousand dollars and I'm giving it away versus what I had been doing before like I was literally giving my poems away before I even thought of this business and people were like I'm framing it I'm putting it up we read it every year like that and I was like oh that's so cute like oh my god oh my god and uh, then when I turned it into a business I realized people are moved by it touched by it they recognize themselves in it and that has value now, yeah, I'm not just like, let me just hurry up and do this and see right. what happens. 
So perfect, perfect, perfect segue. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, if they want to find more about the book, burn it down, burning it down, dancing in the rubble. Um, what is the best way to reach you? I would say my Instagram or my website. My Instagram is at dance with Neelam, N-E-E-L-A-M, dance with Neelam, or my website, which is tailored poetry. So tailoredpoetry.com. Well, thank you for sharing so much of your story because I do know a large part of my audience is in a messy middle. If they're not, they should be, or they feel like they're at the beginning stages and they're questioning everything. And I think it helps to realize that that is the process. You're not doing anything wrong. Questioning everything and figuring it out actually is, what do they say? The best self-help journey is becoming an entrepreneur. That is so well stated. That is right. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And if there's something you can't figure out, that is the, that's the gift. You get that's to figure it out. You get to figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for sharing all your time and your story with me. Thank you. This is so fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice, leaving us a review, and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.